Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Breakfast on SENZ with Izzy and Ricardo. Morena, Izzy, how you doing, brother? Oh, back, we're back, baby, we're back. Oh, it's good, good, man. Yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm sleeping pretty well, but yeah, I was up at two, three, Ooh, four. Yeah. And then I rolled out of bed at about four and I was like, oh, well, ready to rip in and Get up to date with what's been going on. I'll be completely honest. I switched off. I don't even know what a TV looks like. <laughs> what is TV? Television? Is that what it means? Oh, mate, yeah, it's been one of those. It's, it's been a decent break, it's got to be said. I mean, last time we were on air doing this was uh, exactly a month ago, the 22nd of December. And uh, I, what, what have you been up to, Izzy? I know, I know you went back to the Hawks Bay. I know you went to Gizzy. But what, what, have, what have you been up to? Oh, I didn't get back to the Hawks Bay. Sorry, I got a growling from my dad and get back Ooh, there. So he's whoops. a bit, uh, he's a bit, uh, bit angry yesterday. But that's all right. I'll get back there. I've got to get back and see see the far now. Uh what do I do, mate? Uh, look, as soon as we got off here, I flew to Gizzy and pretty much turned the phone off and just relaxed. It was so good, mentally refreshing, and just yeah. Like, got up at, oh, it was crazy. I, I usually sleep in around this time of the year. And I usually take six weeks at this time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and I took four weeks. And after two weeks, I was like, man, I've been, I'm pretty bored. Like, I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to rip into it. It just, it goes a lot faster when you're actually making use of the days. You're yep. enjoying the days. I was getting up at 5.30 every morning, going to the gym, getting a coffee, going to the beach, jumping in the water, and just starting the day off. And, mate, we camped. We went on adventures. We went fishing. We went hunting. We ate good food. And, mate, probably the best summer. The best summer I've had in a very long time. The reason I say that is I actually made memories. I made memories this summer. Uh, with the kids and seeing them grow and excel and oh, look, it was, it was it was very very refreshing. I, I'm fresh. I'm ready to rip into another big year on SCNZ breakfast. But like I said earlier, I watched zero sport, mate. It was so good to just switch off the phone, switch off the social, and just enjoy the moments. So, mate, I'm I'm ready to rip in. How was your summer? What did oh, you get up to? I must say, yeah. when you walked in on camera, yeah. and, and good morning to you all out there, 
listening in on SENZ. It's great to have you. We want to hear from you throughout the day. 0800-150-811. Give us a call. We've missed you. I've missed you. Some of you have given me a bit of stick throughout the summer, and I love it, uh, especially you, Brett, from uh, from Huntley. But, uh, Rick Dog, you walked in. Mm. You look you look young. Do you I look, look handsome. What? Have you? Your hair's slicked back. You're clean-shaved. You're looking trim. Oh, well. You're looking smart. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? I have, uh, I've been doing a whole heap of nothing, mate, to be honest, um, and I've I'm, I'm been loving it. So, uh, no, it's been good. I, uh, I've been going You've been to, geeking, though. You've I've, been geeking. I've been geeking. Yeah, well, not, not just <laughs> geeking, but doing lots of stuff for the family, you know, going up to Omaha a few times, going to different beaches, doing stuff like that. But uh, took my daughter swimming, you know, go to the pools, go to Westway, mm. do that sort of stuff. But... Going back, I've been boxing yeah, all the way through, didn't stop. So I've been nice. doing that, been going back to the gym and uh, been going for walks and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I wanted to I wanted to take my head out. I, I find a, a real good escape and a real good switch off to read. And, um, I know. I'm Let half, us know. I'm halfway through, what are we, the 22nd of January. I'm halfway through my eighth book of 2024 <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> 22 days. And you've read eight and a half books. No, seven and a half. Seven ha- and a half. Halfway books. through my eighth book, yeah. So you are a very fast reader. And, and let's talk about the genre, the topics. Mm. So what are you specifically reading at the moment? Because I'll be honest, I read one book. Mm. Which is and good. I'll be honest, it's good for that's you. my fifth book ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mix I, it up, I read, bro. I read The Tattooist of Auschwitz, which is a sad read mm. about the, the German. The war and, and the concentration camps, but um, you're halfway through your, your eighth book. So, mm. what have you read? I read Billy Idol's autobiography, which I got for Christmas, mm. uh, which which was good. I read uh, a horror uh, book by Alan Baxter, who was an Aussie author I really like as well. So, I read that. Uh, I have read what else have I read? I, I have read um, there's a fantasy series I really like by a guy called John Gwynn, who's an English writer. So I've read uh, book two of that, and I'm halfway through book three of that series. And each of those is like 750 pages each, like they're, they're proper tomes, those. Uh, and Billy Connolly's autobiography as well, mm-hmm. um, Ramblin' Man. So, yeah, I mean, it's just some of the some of the stuff that I've that I've managed to, to chuck, chuck away on. A guy called Joe Abercrombie I really like, just uh, released a book of short stories, so I smashed that out as well. Awesome. Well done. I, I love – look uh... – <laughs> When I say I love, I, I, I had other priorities when I was um, going through summer and going through life. But over that summer break, I, I, nothing better than just getting uh, going and, and relaxing in the chair while the kids are having a fish or whatever they're doing and just sitting away and reading a couple of chapters. And I absolutely enjoyed it. Just I always wondered why people would read so much. And they always talk about immersing themselves in this book, feeling like you're in it and, and amongst it. And I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, your imagination's a bit wrong and a bit wayward there <laughs> if you think you're actually in the book. But I got in this book. When you're into it and you're, you're reading into it thoroughly, you're getting through it, I actually loved it. It's, there's nothing more soothing than, than reading a book and finishing an actual book. So if you've got any recommendations, mm. please send them through on double eight double three. For for myself, um, yeah, I'm going to make a, a goal of mine to, to read thoroughly throughout 2024, um, put some goodness into the mind. Uh, I probably won't read eight books a month like you, Rick Dog. You reckon you can keep that up? No, 
Nah, I don't think so. Because I'm not going to have... <laughs> I, well, I'm just not going to have the time, right? Like, for four yeah. weeks, I've had nothing to do. Well, you know, yeah. like, no, no other priorities, so I've, I've been able to spend the time. But, yeah, so it'll it'll slow down. Same happened last year. I think I got through about six in January, and then I'd, I tried to set myself a goal of 50 for the year, and I got to 29. So, yeah, definitely there were there were times where it slowed right down. Uh, but there you go. There you go. But uh, awesome. what that means, I think, Israel, is that we uh, we haven't watched – like I've watched a couple of games of football and I watched yep. a bit of UFC, but that's it. Mm. I've watched hardly anything of anything else. So we kind of need updating, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm. We do, we do. 0800-150-811. You're out there. I know some of you will – have a day off, Michael Holdsworth. He's in Wellington, like my brother. They got Wellington anniversary, so everyone in Wellington will have a day off. Um, but yeah, give us a call, enlighten us of what's been going on over summer. I'll be honest, I watched a bit of racing because I won a multi. Well, you won yes. a multi. You heard it here first. Tell us you the heard story. It here first. I won a multi on Boxing Day, and I lost a multi as well because <laughs> the final week leading up. To Christmas, we're on here, and all I heard about was this horse called Magnifique, Magnifique, <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. So I chucked that Magnifique into a multi with a couple of others, and this multi was going real good. It was a four-legger, and I got three legs, and I got a couple of roughies too, and I was like, sweet, Magnifique, pound of dollar seventy is going to get me paid to win this multi. I could have cashed out. No, 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 no. You go all this way, you go right to the end with Magnifique. With Magnifique, I don't know what's happened to that horse, but uh, it came last. And it was thrown its head around, and I lost that multi. So that was a pretty pretty sad moment. I think it was about the 23rd, 24th of December. I won't, I won't forget that moment. I remember exactly where I was. <laughs> I was with my mate, and I said, I'm on here, boy. My shout, my shout, and I lost. Whoa. Anyway, Boxing Day, I come through, and I'm not going to claim it. The one and only Bears, Skip McCullum, sent through a tip. A four-legged multi. Yeah, thanks for passing we- it on. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. His multis are cold, mostly. Yeah, nah, fair. All the time. <laughs> They're well off. <laughs> but this multi came in, and I followed it, and I got paid when Molly Bloom came through on Boxing Day and got up by a lip, and that was my final leg to win um, win some cash on. And you know what makes it, makes it even be a uh, sweet, uh, bit of sweet? Yeah. $50 bonus bet I got, and I put it on with the bonus bet, and I got it. Got the got it got it paid. So outstanding, outstanding. Wins. That was the only success I had over summer, and well, the only thing close to sport that I watched. So please come on, enlighten us. Yeah, let us know what have we missed. What have we missed over the last four weeks? Uh, we need to know because uh, you know, like I said, we've been switched off. As he's been camping, I've been reading. <laughs> what what have we missed the last four weeks? Let us know. What, the, the one thing that we need to know that has happened in the last four weeks: double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero. Eight eleven. We need to know what we've missed out on over the holidays when we've been switched off. But you weren't switched off over the weekend, is it? You switched back mm. on for the weekend. So mm. what was your simply the best? Ah, uh, look. Certainly the best. Pl- plenty happening over the weekend. I-, I definitely watched the Black Clash, which was, uh, well, it was sad, really. 
It was sad. Rugby looked like no chance of winning. What was going on? Absolutely shambles. They needed me out there to provide my one run off four innings. Anyway, um, <laughs> that wasn't my simply the best. Simply the best for me would have to be Stephen Alka. Stephen Alka, just a, like a just a journeyman in terms of golf. Never won anything. Just, just grinded his way through the PGA. You know, and, and never got any results. Was a fine golfer in his time, but probably didn't get the recognition that he deserved. But Stephen Alka won his eighth event on the PGA Championship. His eighth event. Uh, he won it in Hawaii, 25 under. He was second twice there. 25 under. 25 under. Look, the course and the conditions were probably question marks because no one in that field shot over par throughout that tournament. <laughs> but the simply best moment of that performance will have to be hole seven in that final round. He hits a driver down the middle and he slices the hell out of his second shot. And anyone else, anyone else has played golf. When you slice it, you got no chance. You got no. You need, you need to go buy a lotto. Well, Stephen Alka pretty much won lotto, won three hundred forty thousand US dollars. But this shot went right, and it was going into the water. It hit, dried up lava. You know, hit hit magma, whatever it's called. As, 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 as you do, as you do when you're it, playing in a way. Yeah, and it hit this lava, and it bounced over the green. And it rolled past the hole, and it left him about 20 feet for eagle. Well, what does Stephen Alka get up and do? He drains the eagle putt. And that is hole seven. That could have been a huge swing in regards to the tournament. But in the end, he wins by four shots wow. and goes on to win his eighth event. So that, for me, is uh, simply the best. Stephen Alka, who is actually coming back to play at the 103rd New Zealand Open in Millbrook at the end of next month, and I'll be there. So it'd be good to see Stephen Alka. Um, but, yeah, that's my Simply the Best, Rick. Nice, is he? Yeah, it is good, Simply the Best as well. You're actually looking looking like you're about to go play golf with your, uh, what's that, par, par, par birdie cap on? Oh, oh right, we're keeping that. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Daisy doesn't know. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Simply the Best, uh, you mentioned um, the black clash and yeah you're right mm. it, was, it was a foregone conclusion after cricket finished batting um, that, that I don't think rugby were ever going to get near it but I've got to say the standout performer for me for uh, for the team rugby was Ruben Love great with the mm. bat 47 off about 20 uh, and yep. how about this catch Boucher again oh that's very nicely lofted by Hopkins Outstanding catches you will ever see. Unfortunately, it was over the boundary. That was sensational <laughs> from Love. It was a great catch, though, wasn't it, Izzy? It was a great it catch. Was, it was very good. He is very athletic. And, and yeah, he was one of the standouts on the weekend for sure. Uh, and I love it. He's a showman. He's a showman. He took a couple of catches, and uh, you can see he was doing that dance. I have no idea. It's NFL esque like. So, um,. But, mate, yeah, one of the great catches that wasn't meant to be. He wouldn't look far. He actually was dating Melee Kerr back in the day. He's a pretty fine cricketer. I think his father was a very good cricketer. Right. Um, he was he was New Zealand under-19s, I think, Ruben Love. I think he played wicketkeeper mm. for the New Zealand under-19s. So um, he's obviously got a bit of ability. Yeah. What about that cover drive? He gets down on one knee 
and just cover drives it through the covers and just holds the pose. It was probably the, the best shot of the day. But outside of that, Team Rugby had nothing. Because, you, you, you know, Daisy was like, Andy Ellis, man, he's good. He's good. He's nearly going to win it for Team Rugby. I said, Daisy, Nathan McCullum is bowling wobblies. Watch him. He's bowling at about 10 metres in the air. And just putting it on a platter. Well, but to be fair, some of the uh, umpiring uh, was 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 very much help trying to help Team Rugby stay in it. And when oh, I yeah. and when I saw that they needed what thirty from the last over, and the first three, well, the first two went for six. I'm like yeah. Nathan McCullum is deliberately trying to get us to a super over here. Yeah, hundred percent. They're trying to make a game of it. Like you get Kyle Mills who's swinging it from all areas. You know, and bamboozling the team, and then they only give him one over. Yeah, well, Kyle, Kyle Mills was the assassin, eh? He was like, I don't care. I'm just, I, I want to skittle people. I want to skittle people. And then they're like, nah, mate, nah, 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 nah. The greatest thing. Well, how how cool would it be to be Riley McCullum, oh. Brendan's son? Yeah. You know, he, he catches um, a, a Kieran Reid out of Jonathan Thurston bowling. <laughs> He get he bowls to Brian Lara and gets him stumped. Yeah, Brian Lara probably um you know should have been out earlier without that <laughs> dubious no ball. But um yeah, like Riley McCullum, he had a day out, man. It was it was cool. It's I cannot believe it. And I know Mark from Tauranga was there. He sent me a message, um and and it looked awesome. But that that sells out. You watch that, and then you watch the Black Caps, and it's like how's that sold out like bank to bank. Mm. And there's seats galore in the black hats. Oh, look, just don't get me started because I know New Zealand cricket don't uh, don't agree with it. But uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was oh, mate, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a great spectacle. Anyway, that was that was mm. our simply the best. What was your simply the best? Uh, we got a, we got a couple of things we need from you. We need what did we miss over the last four weeks mm. that we've been off? And what was your simply the best for the weekend? Double eight, uh, double three is uh, the temper bedpost text machine, or you can call us 0800 150 811. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Good morning. Welcome into the show. If you've just joined us, uh, we are back for 2024 at 6.29. And we want to know from you what we've missed out on over the last four weeks. Because Izzy's been camping. I've been reading. We've been off with our feet up and not doing a lot in the way of sport. But uh, we, are, we are catching up now and we want to hear from you about uh, what we what we missed and what the, uh, the, the must-sees were. I know Robbie has worked right through because he's a trooper. He is mm. no, no risk for the wicked. Robbie, if you were going to pick one thing that Izzy and I should know about the last four weeks, what would it be? Oh, you might you might have to wait a couple of hours for my Super Smash update. Oh, for, uh, Ooh, for the cricket desk. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, Cr- cricket desk okay. coming coming about eight forty. I got plenty to uh, plenty to update you on. Um, but yeah, to to be to be fair, I've I've only um, only been in a few times. Had a had a bit of a break. Definitely haven't been working as much as I was, um, which ha- mm. which has been nice. So yeah, shout out to the rest of the producers and the hosts. Um, doing doing a lot more shifts than me over summer. So um, yeah, it's been good to have a bit of a break. Nice, mate. Good to hear. Good to hear. Double eight, double three. Oh, watch nothing like us, do you, Rick Dogs? <laughs> there you go. We're I three, think that's code. Three bloody blind bandits. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's code from the same boat as you guys. Uh, uh, so, so but, but one thing I did hear, yeah, and it was it was good, and and it's been it's been spoken about, it's been written about lots. Is uh, Finn Allen? Oh, mate, Finn Allen in that innings. Is he is he turned a corner? Has he? 
um, Rob Dog. Like his like that that innings, hundred and thirty seven not out of sixty odd balls is freakish and anything else. Yesterday got a start, didn't quite eventuate and, and the Black Caps obviously missed out on a clean sweep for one beating Pakistan T twenties. A hell of a series, um, but can we take a hell of a lot out of it for Allen? There's been a lot of talk of him over the last couple of years. That opening spot position is probably up for grabs. Did he take it with both ends? I think he did, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, there were there were questions about him in the side going into this series, and you know we we made Pakistan look quite ordinary. Obviously, uh, yesterday's match aside, four one series win, um, and it was it was a it was a good Pakistan team. Like their their bowling attack was was probably you know their 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 best attack um mm. and yeah i think finnellan's just really working on consistency which i think was the the main thing that was you know getting getting him out of the side you know he'd score a good innings once in 10 or something whatever it was um and then go out quite early you know just and yeah i th- i think he's he's been working on that a lot and um yeah we we saw that in the series and i and i think he he definitely um yeah took that opening spot for his own there was um, discrepancies in his game, Rob Dog. Uh, particularly, I think there was a one shot that he always got out to. I can't remember off the top of my head. Has he made adjustments there to to his game? There was like he got out cheaply a lot to this one shot. I cannot remember what it was. But have you seen adjustments in his game, or has he just got a bit of confidence now in his plan? Playing what he sees. Yeah, I, th- I think confidence is a big part of it. Um, but yeah, I think listening to um, him talking post match and some of his interviews and things, he's he's worked a lot on just kind of staying still. Um, and you know you're seeing a lot of that with with his shots, um, sort of over square leg and cow corner, where he just you know sees the ball and just kind of rocks onto that back foot and just like follows through. And it's it's a it's a great attacking shot, especially in the power play for him. Um, and it's it's also quite quite risk free. You're seeing you're yep. seeing in his game when it's like on top of the stumps, he middles it, gets it gets it over the boundary. They've only got two fielders out, but obviously you can't set a field when it's going a hundred meters over the rope. Um, mm. But yeah, it's 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 great to see, and I think he's definitely working on his game. And hopefully, um, from now until the World Cup, we see more of him, and then you know he he should have that World Cup spot secured. Uh- now, I'd be yeah. interested to get you guys' reaction to this because you just mentioned about 100 metres over the rope and it, re- it triggered a memory. A couple of days ago, I was on Twitter. Kevin Peterson, the greatest uh, batsman to ever play the game, obviously, in, in Kevin Peterson's mind, um, <laughs> uh, he said uh, he said a couple of years ago in commentary, I said any batsman that hits a six that goes over 100 metres should get 12 runs. Um, and he said, and I got a lot of stick for it. He said, but that rule is coming. Watch. What do you reckon, Robbie? What do you uh, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything, and I don't like it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just think there's, you know, obviously you you see the you see the measurements of like a hundred mm. meters, but like it can't be a hundred percent accurate. It completely varies mm. based on the ground. Like, what if it hits the roof? Like, you can't measure exactly how far that's gone. Um, and yeah, it's like you can't give six runs for ninety nine meters and twelve for a hundred. It doesn't really make much sense. In the in world of Kevin opinion. Peterson, you can. All right, fair apparently. enough. Apparently. <laughs> double eight, double three. What have hey, we missed out on? on the PGA, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what have we missed out on? What do we need to know about? And what was your simply the best from the weekend? Double eight, double three. Want to hear from you. Here's Araha with the latest in news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. 
Thank you very much, Araha. Here is some sports headlines for you. It is back to work time at Bunnings Trader. We are definitely back to work, is he? Um, and uh, tell you, somebody who got it done on the weekend is Dirkus Duplessis. He outpointed Sean Strickland to claim a split decision win and the UFC middleweight title at UFC 297 at the Scotiabank Arena, becoming South Africa's first world champion in the UFC. Uh reckon... I don't know. Do you reckon uh, he has a rematch with Strickland, or is he is he next? Uh, I'd love to see as he come back. He, mm. He's been relaxing, eh? Like he's he's fought so much in the last two or three years that he's earned his uh, earned a break. Look, I th- I think everyone's asking for it. He's asking for it. As he's come out on the socials and put up some social media about it, um, I think it it will eventually because it's big money. Mm. It's going to be big money. It's going to get. Izzy off the couch and get him back in, in the octagon. So yeah, I'd see that happening. If not, um, you probably see a rematch. But in, in saying that, like, don't get me wrong, he's he's a hell of a fighter. But Sean Strickland as the champion of the middleweights, it just didn't have the same appeal. It didn't have the mm. same pull as as the other names in the divisions. You know, you look at that. There was a headline. You have to say. Dricus Duplessis was the main main attraction for that fight, and he was the contender. Um, so I'd say the UFC will probably be looking elsewhere and probably looking straight at Izzy and getting on the phone to him. Yeah, yeah, split decision. That's the only thing that makes me think they might go around again because it was so close. Mm. But, we'll, yeah, we'll see. It's a good point, actually. On the, It depends what Dana White wants at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, in the co-main event, Raquel Pennington came on strong over the final two rounds to secure a unanimous decision win over Myra Bueno Silva to take the woman's vacant bantamweight crown as well. Uh, Manchester United have appointed Omar Berada from rivals Manchester City as their new chief executive. United have been searching for a new CEO since the departure of Richard Arnold, and they found a successor in Berada, who has been a key part of City's recent on- and off-field successes. Berada originally came through at Barcelona. Um, so there's that tie in there. Apparently, uh, the appointment was made by Sir Jim Ratcliffe in consultation with the Glazers, but the Ineos, Ineos were the driving force. Uh, the deal's been done quickly, so Barada can be in place as soon as uh, possible for Ratcliffe's 25% deal to go through, which is apparently going through in the next month. Beautiful. Mate, what's then happening in, in the EPL? Like, is, is Manchester United... Yeah, they're going. <laughs> we've, been do- we've been doing the same old, same old, mate. Um, <laughs> win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. That seems to be about us at the moment. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. No, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't Any changes in the form teams? Arsenal, when I went away, were pretty good. Were they? Manchester yeah, City were injury prone, so they weren't getting any form. Are they back in the winner's circle? Yeah, Man City are back in the winner's circle, and Arsenal have dropped off. They were f- they're five points off the lead. Um, and Liverpool mm. are playing at the moment, actually. Liverpool are away at Bournemouth. Just kicked off the second half. That is 1-0 to Liverpool at the moment. Everton? Yeah, they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. They're still struggling because they had 10-point deduction um, for financial fair play problems. So they're sort of down relegations, oh. just outside the relegation zone. But uh, apparently uh, they might be getting another deduction. That deduction was from last season. And them and Nottingham Forest have run afoul of it again this season. So they both might be getting points. We've got to... We've got to got to find out more about that that hasn't come out just yet and they um, can get relegated yeah they could get relegated yeah 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I know, and that that costs you a lot of money if you go down, especially because mm. Everton. The other thing for them is they're moving out of Goodison Park. They've just they're in the midst of building this brand new stadium, which they're gonna um, they're gonna start. I think next season they'll start playing it. So they could start playing at it in the championship, which would be on. All right, <laughs> let's have a look at the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens are in the AFC Championship game after scoring 24 unanswered points in the second half against the Texans yesterday. Lamar Jackson threw for two touchdowns and rushed for two himself as well. The Ravens play the winner of today's matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs. I'm thinking Bills, is he? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably heading that way. Um, Alan Buffalo on on, a, on another level at the moment, but Chiefs they've been there, they've been there. Travis Kelsey, you know he's he's got to be a big part in this team and what they're about. But yeah, the Bills you'd have to say they've they've fallen away a couple of times against in this division championship final. So you'd have to say that that the Bills will. We'll have a bit of edge about them. Yeah, and the Bills have had to mobilise. The, they, they call them the Bills Mafia, their fan base. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. the entire stadium was covered in snow. The field, mm. the stadium, everything. So they're all out in force trying to clear it. So is that, game. are they just trying to save some cash there? Or like, what are they up to? Or is it just trying to get more hands on board? Is that the yeah. fastest way possible to get it done? Yeah, you just you, they just don't have the... I mean, because it's a big stadium, right? What does it hold? Mm. 80,000 or something? So yeah. you're trying to clear a stadium like that. You just don't have enough hands on deck. Um, so they're getting the fans involved. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. The, in the NFC, the uh, 49ers, I thought they were going to lose yesterday. They, so did I. They were behind mm. the Packers pretty much the whole game until one minute, seven seconds from the end when they got mm. it done. Uh, they go through 24-21. They meet the winner of the Lions and the Bucks. Do you reckon that's the Niners are pretty much in the Super Bowl, aren't they? Because I think they'll, yeah, they'll take yeah. care of whoever wins this game. Yeah, you have to say so. Christian McCaffrey, he, was, he scored that touchdown to, mm. to win that game. He's carried them on that. On his back this whole year, you know he's he's a very very good player. Um, Brock Purdy he was pretty dusty yesterday, and the Packers with love nearly came through to to steal that one, and probably would have been a pretty good run because I think they they beat the Cowboys last outing away as well. So yeah, but they got a quarterback for the future. The one off, been watching a close eye on it was CJ CJ Stroud for the Texans. The reason I watched that is the Texans had number two pick. In last year in the NFL draft, and Panthers mm. had number one. Well, I'm a Panthers fan, and they took uh, I don't even know the quarterback's name for the Panthers, but they took the number one, and CJ Stroud was taking number two. He is a very, very good quarterback. And if only the Panthers had taken home, it could have been different. Yeah. They were two and 17. The tipper, the owner, is losing a hell of a lot of credibility and fan base for the Panthers. <sighs> But the Texans, man, they're hell of, they were really surprising this year. Yeah, they were a massive surprise. I didn't see them mm. coming from anywhere. Didn't expect them to be involved in the postseason at all. Anyway, you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. That is your sports news update. Thanks to Bunnings Trade. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. Simply the best of the weekend. And what have we missed out on? What do we need to catch up? on for the last four weeks let us know double eight double three
12 away from 7 o'clock. 0800 150 is how you can get hold of us, or double eight double three. We ask for you simply the best, and also uh, for what uh, we needed to be aware of that we've missed over the last four weeks. Dave from Karaka texted through a double eight double three saying, good morning, boys. Welcome back. A big week leading up to the Karaka Millions. Enjoy. That is mm. Dave in Karaka, and I know is he something you're pretty excited about as well, mate. Oh, very excited. We've got Paul Wilcox. He's CEO of Ellerslie Racing Club coming up after 7 o'clock, so we're going to have a chat to him. It's a big week. Ellerslie has gone through um, some major, major renovations, alterations at the, at the Ellerslie Raceway. It's looking in pristine condition for the big weekend of racing. We've got the TAB Caraca Millions two-year-old to kick the day off for the big races, the big group races. That starts at four o'clock. We've got Bellatrix Star paying $3.80. we got Valacious paying $3.20. Cool and fast, so that's going to be a good one for the two-year-olds to start the day. Then we've got um, the TAB Caraca Millions three-year-old. That is Molly Bloom, Ancestral, Lupo Solitario, and Pendragon. Pendragon is uh, the horse that I had on a Boxing Day, and it actually won and paid $21. Well, I had it for top three in my multi, which paid $4 something. So that is a very, very good horse. It's paying $9 at the moment. And then we've got the Caracamillion's four-year-old, and we've got Legato, which is... The real favourite, dollar sixty, to potentially win that. Up against some pretty fine horses out in this race. Desert Lightning paying eight dollars, and Sharp and Smart paying ten dollars. Also, Adam I am. You remember that horse, mm, Rick Dog? Yeah. Raced in Hawks Bay on uh, on the Hawks Bay race day, the big meet there, and actually won. It paid two dollars something. So that's a good horse to watch out for. So this weekend, yes, the Caracas Millions. I will be there. I'm going to be in the Entain um, marquee, and I'm going to be enjoying it. I've never been to the Cracker Million, so I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, it's going to be a good weekend, and we'll do our best to build up to the big event uh, this weekend. But there was plenty happening on the weekend, uh, Rick Dog, mm. and particularly on Saturday at Trentham, and it was the uh, Robbie Patterson and Craig Grills. They went bang at Trentham. Trainer Robbie Patterson has had his new Plymouth Stable firing on all cylinders of late, but even he couldn't believe he would pick up the two featured events at Trentham on Saturday. Rider Craig Grills, a close friend of Patterson, shared in the top draw double as he got his static, static gelding Puntura to victory in the Group 1 Harcourts team group Thornton, Thornton Mile 1600 metre before combining with Mary Louise to take out all uh, take out the time on a Group 3 NZ Campus of Sport and Innovation Wellington Cup 3,200 metre with another peach ride. Patterson was very emotional post this. I'm, a very, I'm very emotional to win this as it means a lot to me and is a very special Patterson said. This is a very iconic race and while we in the Taranaki may not always have been the best bred horses, we really punch above our weight and I'm very proud of that and it was a fitting finish he wasn't only emotional for the win he was emotional for Tony Lee the great caller who called his final um, Wellington Cup a very fine race caller that uh, has really hung up the mic 
for the last time on the weekend. So a big weekend of racing, Rick Dog, Caracamillions, yeah. let's get it. Let's get it on. And uh, yeah, as you said, Paul Wilcox from Ellerslie after 7 o'clock this morning. We're also going to catch up with Jeff Simpson about 7.40 on the Australian Open. And after 8 o'clock, uh, your old mate Will Jordan can talk us through his uh, massive innings at the Black quack, Chash. Quack, 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 <laughs> quack. <laughs> we are seven away from seven featuring Peking Duck, Sir Dave Dobbin Z and the Black Seeds book now at Grand Tour. .nz. Yeah, you're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Double eight double three is uh, our text line and uh, plenty of texts coming through. We asked you, what have we missed out on the last four weeks? And this came through. I was like, oh yeah, we haven't talked about that. Uh, Joe Schmidt, coach of the Wallabies. What, you, what mm. was your take on that, Izzy? <laughs> oh, no, not surprised one, but I thought they would have gone Steve and Larkham. It's been so long since I've had a coach from Australia coaching Aussie, the Wallabies. Um, but hey, Phil Wall's gone down, Joe Smith. I know there's a bit of concern. Are we going to be in the same situation? Highly likely post the Lions series that Joe Smith's going to get the sack and they'll have to look for another coach. Um, but yeah, look, he's he's a quality, experienced coach and no doubt he'll go over there and potentially give them what they need, but that's not the problem. The coaching's probably not the problem. It's the depth mm. and the quality of players that they've got in their, in their stocks. They don't have it. So they're going to have to dig a little bit deeper. A coach is not going to save them. Starts from the grassroots, and that's where they're lacking. Yeah, all right. Double eight, double three. Keep them coming through. What have we missed the last four weeks? We want to hear from you. Coming up on the show after eight o'clock, Will Jordan is going to join us. We'll uh, talk to him about his preseason with the Crusaders and uh, his uh, all the all the batting lessons he got from Brian Lara. Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about that. We'll talk to Jeff Simpson as well, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain, about the Australian Open and Paul Wilcox, the CEO from Ellerslie as well. He is going to join us after the latest in news and sport from Araha. Thanks to. Kubota take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is Izzy and Ricardo on SENZ Breakfast and coming up, Paul Wilcox, CEO of Allersley Racecourse is going to join us shortly. We'll also catch up with Jeff Simpson, the former New Zealand Davis Cup captain to talk some Australian Open and uh, Will Jordan as well from the Black Clash and uh, get his take on how pre-season's going with the Crusaders as well. All of that coming your way. On the show, it is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Make sure you start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. And you can keep your texts rolling through as well. Double eight, double three. We wanted to know what we've missed out on in the last four weeks. And DJ Tim out of Christchurch has sent this one through, is he? And I know that you'll be across this, but my mm. simply the best is Aaron Webb and the crew who organised the long run on Friday. Such a great vibe. 115k raised for child cancer. Webby did two marathons and an, and an academy player called Joel did a marathon running on the ski erg and then on the bike, 42 kilometres each. And Tracy did 102 laps, 1k per lap. That is uh, some heavy mile. Well done to, to those people raising some good money for uh, child cancer. That was awesome. Awesome, man. Like that event, Aaron Webb started it a few years ago, and it was only himself, really, and you can go and join him. Well, it's turned into a major event. There was so many kids. It's a fun day out, and they're raising some good money for Child Cancer Foundation. So, yeah, I heard that Tracy ran 102 laps, 102 laps, so a kilometre lap, 102 Ks. 
That is something else. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy indeed. So well done. Those people keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. What have we missed? What do we need to know that has happened over the last four weeks? I know Paul Wilcox from Ellerslie has probably got a whole bunch that we should know that's happened over the last four weeks. Paul, you've finally been able to hang Two up years. your hammer, mate. Finally been able to hang up your <laughs> hammer, eh? Hang up the digger, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, the shovel, mate. mate. Shoveling some the dirt. Shovel. Shoveling the dirt. <laughs> Good morning, boys. How are you both? Uh, we're very good. We're very good, Paul, mate. Um, look, how are you feeling? Look, all eyes will be on Ellerslie this Saturday. I'm going to be there, so I'll be coming and tune year off there, Paul. But, uh, mate, uh-oh, it's been a long uh-oh. two years. <laughs> uh, it, has, it has been a long two years, but, uh, look, it's what we, we live and breathe for, and, and we're ready mm. for a big day, big go on Saturday, so... Really, really excited and looking forward to it. Mate, look, talk to us about this journey. I was reading a few conversations you've had online. It hasn't been smooth sailing. Like you had a flood there with 200 mils of, of rain. You're sitting in the stands. You're looking down, overlooking out Ellerslie, thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? But to get through that, mate, and now you've, you've got to this moment, you must be bittersweet. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, to be fair, when those Auckland anniversary floods hit us, I was down here about four in the morning waiting for the sun to come out and and walked on the the track that had been laid prior to that uh, rain event and and it performed beautifully. I knew we were a chance then. So it was just a matter of keeping the the eyes on the prize and and we got there and and look, a lot of hard work by a lot of people and, and yes, a lot of stress, but... Ultimately, we're we're delighted with the outcome and, and the feedback from jockeys and the trainers on the performance of the track. Uh, in the last few weeks, has been nothing short of outstanding, so we're delighted. Paul, if I roll in there this week as a punter, what am I going to notice that's different from the old Ellerslie? How much has changed? Uh, a lot's changed. So uh, all the all the the railing that people are around, that's all been changed to Polvin so that's great for not only the horse welfare but but also protecting the people as well and and we've changed changed a lot of things the dice is in a different position the the grandstands had a liquor paint um you know we've got new signage big screen tv uh the the branding of of Auckland thoroughbred racing has undergone a refresh so so not only will they look at the track and go okay it looks like grass it was grass last time they, they won't no, notice much different there, but but the aesthetics of everything is is uh, fantastic, and obviously this Saturday we're going to have uh, close to eleven thousand people on course, so uh, they'll notice a massive crowd as well. I think uh, you're under under talking, selling yourself there, um, Paul, because my brother-in-law drives past every day, and he reckons that grass is something else. He reckons it looks so good. So aesthetically, from the from the highway, you must be very very pleased. But fifty-five million dollars renovation, the biggest in history, in racing in New Zealand. What kind of uh, you know events, or, or what does this do for the future of racing when you've got a world-class racetrack on our doorstep what would this do because this is crack a millions is something else particularly with the stakes that's on offer for these horses and trainers and owners and people from fanfare that want to go and enjoy this what does this do for the future oh look it's 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 twofold number one the all blacks will want to come and run on here because they won't get hurt <laughs> but but more, more more importantly look it's 
it's the biggest thing that that will be the the noticeable change. A the surface consistency. So from the inside rail, 30 metres out to the outside rail, the horses will know no different. Neither will the jockeys, which is which is number one perfect. Number two, won't matter how much rain we get on the lead up to a race day. Uh, owners can actually nominate their horse on a Monday, except on a on a Wednesday race on a Saturday and it's going to be a good for Monday, good for Wednesday, good for race day. That's the biggest thing. The owners can nominate their horse. If they've got a horse good enough, they can turn up at Alizé and win. From what you're saying, Paul, listening to that, I, it sounds like Alizé's going to be faster as well. Do you expect maybe we're going to get some records tumble in the next little while? Yeah. If we get the proper horses here, absolutely, because they'll stride out. The horses that we've had around here, we've seen seen them really been able to stride, uh, which means they run run better for the for the for the uh, jockey. Uh, when they're running better, we've cambered the home home bend, so they're able to really challenge that home bend, and then they'll give it a good go. So absolutely, they'll they'll uh, they'll uh, be doing some good times, no doubt about that. Yeah, and I, I suppose if you you know like you said, if it's a good four Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, you know it's not going to change. Then uh, the jockeys have that that confidence as well that they can you know they can really let the horse go. They know exactly what they're doing, and they can they can probably prep their race plans better too. 100% confidence with the jockey leads into confidence in the horse. Uh, once the horse has confidence on the surface, they'll they'll really stretch out, and uh, that's what it's all about. But number one, it's giving those owners the opportunity to race on a good surface and not have to contemplate what the track's going to do if it gets rain. What are we expecting number-wise this weekend, Paul? And for a couple of our listeners, they're going to head along. So what kind of experience will they be able to to experience this weekend, having the the grand opening, as my, as many will say. Uh, yep. Look, so we we were going to cap it around nine thousand. We're up to we we had to let a few more tickets go just to <laughs> keep everyone happy. So we're get, we're we're going to be close to that eleven thousand. Uh, and there's wow. lots going on. So there's there's plenty for the general public uh, to come along and and engage with. There's obviously uh, a ticket to win a trip to to the All-Star Mile in, in Victoria, so uh, everyone has an opportunity to be able to enter that. That's not restricted to anyone, so that's a trip of a lifetime. Also, they'll, they'll uh, be an owner-ambassador for the day if their horse makes it, and they're the lucky one, and then if it wins the All-Star Mile, they're up for uh, quite a bit of money as well. So that's that's one of the draw cards, but there's plenty of other things going on as well to, to keep everyone happy. Obviously, oh, number can't... one, though, is, is six... Six great races and four and a half million oh, in stakes. So I think that'll get most people excited. Oh, I think everyone's excited. I've never been to the to the Cracker Millions. I've seen the BGP boys screaming uh, aloud up in the top of those stands. So no doubt it'll be an unreal atmosphere. But I, want, I just want to ask you a question about uh, the gap that is between Australian racing and New Zealand racing. Do you feel like now with Entang coming on, with this new renovation at Ellerslie, that the gap potentially could be closing and we're going to keep a lot of our equine in the country? Look, that's obviously our, our goal, is to keep the, keep the uh, owners here in New Zealand, mm. get those stakes to a level that they want to race in New Zealand, but we're giving them the surface that's, uh, 
equal to, if not better than some of the, the really good courses in Australia. So we're we're headed in the right direction. We've just got to now get the stakes level to to the right level to, to stop those people uh, from potentially trading horses, but but also mm. to breed more so that we have uh, more horses on the ground and and uh, get a get a more buoyant industry. That's our that's our focus now, and and one that we're not taking the eye off. Have you got the the Mount Cook coming to Ellerslie? The Mount Cook uh, race race day slot race. It's not called the the Mount Cook, but. <laughs> Uh, you're you're getting quite close there, uh, boys. You're getting quite close. <laughs> are, we, are we on the on the right track? Are we? Well, talking to me, I'm standing here on the track, so so one could say <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, make sure if you've got something to announce, you come straight here, please. We'll do it. We'll do it on the radio station with Izzy and Kimpy. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what we like to hear, Paul. That's what we like to hear, mate. All right. And uh, uh, in terms of um, what punters can expect on Saturday when they rock up, I mean, obviously they're going to be there for the horses and uh, you, you know going to enjoy themselves as well. What what are, what other entertainment's going to be on show? Uh, plenty of entertainment. Probably the big one is after the last is is the famous Ellerslie after the last party. Uh, that's going to be pretty special. So uh, hopefully we have sort of ten thousand people. Uh, giving it heaps into the night and uh, annoying the neighbours for, for a few hours. Excellent. Oh, who, 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 are you on the decks yourself? Are you, are you, are you rocking <laughs> it? Who, who have you got? No, no, no not me. Uh, and you've you've caught me short here. I don't. I actually don't know the name of the. He doesn't know my music, daughter's mate. Will, but I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Sorry, but Paul. Good though, apparently. Oh yeah, I should have put you on the spot, mate. But thanks, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking Saturday, forward Paul. to a massive weekend and uh, or massive week with the Karakam uh, sales and everything as well, mate. So you go well in Karaka Million this weekend. It's going to be massive. So uh, good luck with it all at Ellerslie. Looking forward to it. Champion, good to check. I see something. Jess, Paul Wilcox there from Ellerslie with us. And, uh, yeah, is he, I mean, are you up for a guest slot on the decks, maybe? I know you're going to be there. Oh, look, I um, we cleaned out the shed on Saturday, and I found my old DJ decks sitting there, and I was thinking, man, I should go plug these in and see how it goes. But, nah, look, sometimes you just know when you're not good at something, and I'm not good at it. So I've just had to park them. So I've got some DJ decks for sale, but, no, it won't be me. I've never been to the Cracker Millions, and I've never been to Ellerslie Raceway. The racetrack. So, mm. this is going to be a first time for me this weekend. Uh, many of our listeners would have been. What's it like? Are you heading along? I know Ed from um, from Tolliga is going to head along. Morning, Izzy Ricardo. Me and the Cuzzy got BGB tickets, so we're looking forward to Ellerslie Saturday. Are you going? Well, I'm going. Are you going, Rick Dog? Uh, mate, no, I'm not. I'm not going. Uh, I've got a big weekend actually uh, ahead of me, so uh, I've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Um, with the band and stuff, so yeah, I've got, I'm tied up. Unfortunately, oh, that's right. You're you're punt rocking, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am, mate. I'm. Hey, I'm going to Foo Fighters Wednesday. Whereabouts? In Christchurch. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't. I I, I thought they were headed huh? headed to Australia from here. I didn't realise they're playing no, Christchurch they as well. Play here, uh, Auckland Saturday, Christchurch Wednesday, Wellington later on in the week. So my awesome. one of my good friends is security for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I I had dinner with him last night. So he's got me and, and the wife some some tickets. Awesome. And I thought I think they're like the all access tickets. Oh and cool. Stuff. So go everywhere. I was like, like I don't know 
really follow the Foo Fighters, but love their music. And uh, obviously we got them to the start of our, our, our intro song with My Hero, which is one of my favourites. But um, yeah, so I'm going to get my punk rock. Any any advice, mate? Like, what would you give me? So how do I fit in? Oh, well, you've got to wear a black T-shirt, obviously, okay. and jeans. I don't have black T-shirts, but I'll go find some. Yeah, a black T-shirt yep. and jeans, and you'll fit right in, Izzy. Uh, you'll be fine. What Am I sneezing? Like, am I wearing sneakers with jeans? Sneeze or? Yeah, I wouldn't go white, though. I'd, I'd find some black ones. Okay, so all black. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go all black. Well, you know, you're used to that, mate. And yeah, but how do I like? How do I get the vibe? Like, am I just nodding my head? You know, like, well, how do I fit in? Yeah, well, mate, depends where you are. If you're side of stage, like you're saying, the access all areas, you, you, you know, mate, go for gold. You, you, you can do what you like. But uh, down the front, I would imagine mm-hmm. it's going to be one hand on the rail, and then uh, you know, the head back and forward. Maybe, maybe the goats in the air like that. You know, you know oh, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, you do that. I'll, I'll, I'll make you a playlist of the songs you're going to have to know. And I'll send it to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, what does that mean? That one. That well, it's just it's it's the old uh, it's the old rock and roll goats. Uh, you know, you sort of your your, your pinky finger. Great and your, radio guys. And, and your other finger. What, what's what's the other finger on the other end of your hand? It's not your ring finger. It's not your middle finger. It's the it's the other one. The your pointer finger. finger. Your forefinger. Right? Your forefinger and your pinky, and then close those over. You got your. And there you go. That's that's what you that's what you do. It's just called the goats. Okay. Awesome. I think I'm going to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it'd be, a great, it'd be a great show. I've seen the foods like eight times, and it's always a great show. Always. Awesome. Did, did you see Jack Black get on stage with him in Auckland? No, no, but I heard last night, yeah. Doing the guy the... was like, I didn't even know. They didn't tell me, and I thought someone jumped on stage, and I was about to go tackle him, and it was Jack Black. And I was like, oh, funny. <laughs> I know, bloody hell. Oh, mate, and doing the old ACDC song, a mate of mine went along, took his son, who's, I think, nine, and, uh, of course, the ACDC song they did with Jack Black is a song called I've Got Big Balls. Uh, mm. And uh, now he said it's his nine-year-old, is, that's all he's singing. <laughs> 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 so I can imagine that's going to go off at school when they go back in a couple of weeks. Is outstanding. Is outstanding. Double uh, A, double three is how you can get hold of us. What does he need to do to fit in? At the Foo Fighters, let us know uh, so he can get prepped. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. It is 7.20. It is 7.25. Yes, we are back for 2024. And we've been asking you for your summer highlight as well on double eight, double three. And I uh, got this text through from Marshy in the Hawks Bay. He's saying, uh, Happy New Year, Morena boys. And uh, back at the Mahi here in the Bay, Central District's been going real good. The Hines and the Stags should mm. both make the finals. Bring back Dougie Bracewell for Mark Chapman and the Black Caps, I reckon. Um, yeah, that's not a bad call. You might hold some, hold a few catches. He's not a bad batter, actually, Dougie. He bats really well uh, for, for a bowler. Well, he's become uh, yeah, more of an all-rounder they, now, isn't he? They had the yips yesterday, eh? Yeah, he wasn't Man, good yesterday. catch a cold. No. It was a good, very, very good fielding. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, oh, I think, yeah, I think that um, that ship sailed there for Dougie. I, I think if there's going to be any time, it would have been a couple of years ago. Maybe they're looking... For younger talent to come through, and, and on the young talent, the under-19s are actually playing oh. at the moment. We've had a message come through from Barry. He said, Happy New Year, under-19 cricket. Watch out for Seneth Reedy. He scored an unbeat 147 off 125 last night. New Zealand won by 64 runs v Nepal. That is from Barry. So we'll keep a close eye 
on the under-19s. And I know Gary Stead will be keeping a close eye on. He came on our show later last year and uh, spoke about that. So, yep, we'll be watching that one. Yeah, 147 of 125, 11 fours, six sixes. It's not bad going. Solid, yeah, solid indeed. Yeah. Hey, uh, now the um, there's plenty of uh, of cricket action going on, but I did I did have to say I was I got a, a Facebook group with a bunch of mates, so one of them was like, "Oh, how good is it that we've got cricket on normal TV? You know, TV and yeah. and um, and then somebody else popped in and said, "Oh, you know, maybe the 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 uh, what do you call it? resolution isn't as good as if if you're watching it on." whatever else they were watching it on. And uh, he, he said, oh, you know, it was better if you watched it on this. Somebody else was like, oh, did Mark Chapman hold all his catches on that one? So it's, <laughs> if you're watching it on there. So, yeah, Chap has been getting uh, a bit of stick amongst my mates, it's, it's fair to say. Uh, but double eight, double three, uh, your thoughts, anything we need to uh, figure out, need to stay on top of uh, that we may have missed over the summer. And uh, this one, actually, we, we talked about it a lot, Izzy, before in our last week, but Joe Parker mm. up against Dante Wilder, and that was uh, so good. What a win for Joseph Parker! And now he's fighting the big Chinese guy Zhang in March. So uh, it's like he's keeping busy. Has that been confirmed? Because I've seen some writing out there that Dante Wilder's fighting him now. Oh, I that, haven't seen um, that. Yeah, I've just seen. I don't know if it's credible. Uh, credible. Um, resources from this this page that I follow, but they've always come out and said it. But, mate, huge win. Huge win. He just looks... You just have to think, if he was with Andy Lee from the outset, where he would be now. I don't think the boxing was a big problem. He's always had the credibility, the talent. I think it was his preparation that probably mm. lacked leading up to a lot of fights. He just looks so much fitter and better, Nick. Physically looks really, really good. And he's put in a lot of time and effort into his resources, a la his, um, George, who was his nutritionist slash trainer in the off-season. you got Andy Lee. He's just got a really good team behind him at the moment. And it's making a huge difference. Like, he dominated Deontay Wilder. Uh, he won all 12 rounds, I think. I know, I know one of the judges gave him all 12 rounds. Uh, mm. I just had a look on BoxRec, uh, which has all the official stuff. And, yeah, he's definitely fighting Zhang on the 8th cool. of March um, in Riyadh. So, uh, yeah, that is a great fight for him. But, yeah, going back on that, um, David Nika uh, was part of mm. the training camp initially when he went over with Joe. Uh, and he's still there, actually. He's acting as Tyson Fury's sparring partner. He's, he's boxing as a southpaw against Tyson Fury to get him right, ready for uh, Usyk for that fight. Um, but Nika said the difference, he said, you know, when you when you train in New Zealand and train with the guys that I've trained with, you see good coaches and everything, uh, but it's all about the technical, how do I, you know, sell this? How do I pick mm. my opponent apart? He goes, you go train with Andy Lee and, and Tyson Fury, and it's like, how can I hurt this guy? That's the, mm. f- the first, and he said it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. Well, you, you rattle them, you hurt them, and, and they're mentally gone. You know, like it's, he's just a totally different fighter, and you can just see it right now. Uh, he, like, I think he made $8 million fighting Deontay Wilder. So he set up his, his future for life, you know, financially. And you think he gets this job done against Zhang. It ain't going to be easy. He pumped Joe Joyce a couple of times, and Joe Joyce knocked out Joseph Parker. So there's a bit of a, a, a circus going on in, in the heavyweight division. But Usyk Fury, that's going to be very good. And uh, Garnu Anthony Joshua... You know, you yep. think Ngannou could rattle Anthony Joshua. Eddie Hearn, when he seen Ngannou for the first time, spoke to Anthony Joshua and said, mate, this guy's an animal, a 
beast. And that's Anthony Joshua, who's a big human himself. So, mate, there's some big heavyweight fights coming up. That's that's exciting. Yeah, well, that's an interesting fight for me too because there must be a lot of coin going AJ's way because that is – it's a risky fight for him. Yeah, I think it was 50 bit... million. 50 million he's getting paid and Ngannou's getting paid 20 million. Wow, Dana White said – well, pretty much made a mockery of him going to boxing. And look, he's just embarrassed the UFC and what they pay their fighters mm. now. $20 million, I think he's getting, or $10 million, Don't quote me, but it's something ludicrous. He's getting amounts of money. Yeah, it's huge money. But, I mean, he's he's been a little bit chinny, and somebody mm. like Ngannou hits as hard as he did. Mm. You know, particularly after the big win he's just had. Yeah, it's a dangerous fight. It's a, it's a real, it's a I'm surprised dangerous. he's taking it, mate, to be honest. Yeah, it's a real well, dangerous fight. Well, money talks. Money Ooh. does talk. Money does talk. That's that's why we get Israel Dag out of bed at 4 o'clock every morning. <laughs> uh, it's 28 <laughs> away from uh, 8 o'clock here on SENZ. It's Ricardo for breakfast. Here's Araha with the latest in news for Kubota. It's 26 away from 8 o'clock here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast uh, on SENZ. Uh, time for some headlines for you. Kennard's Hire are making a back-to-work trade easy. And here are some of those headlines for you. Rory McIlroy has successfully defended his hero Dubai Desert Classic title and secured a record fourth victory at the event after completing an impressive one-shot win. How's this, Izzy? He was 10 strokes off the lead uh, after the second round. I know, mate. I know. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Ten strokes off, you think you give up. But hey, that's a, that's a great lesson. Never, ever, ever give up right to the end. And Rory McIlroy wins his fourth Dubai Classic. 2009, I think, is his first one. And I've got some interesting stats just on that, uh, mm-hmm. Dog, that I'll show you. Um, hold on. Just got to get there. Where is it? He's um, right now. So he's had 25 starts uh, in Dubai. He's had six wins. He's had 11 top threes, 22 top tens. He's amassed $10.5 million. He's a 68.4 average score, 88 rounds under par, and eight rounds over par in Dubai, so he loves playing in the heat. Yeah, he loves it and didn't even have to join Liv to do it. Uh, he shot 63 <laughs> in the third round uh, to get him within two shots and then pulled clear of the field. An impressive final round display from Rory McIlroy. In the tennis, Taylor Fritz stormed past last year's runner-up Stefano Tsitsipas and into the Australian Open quarterfinals for the first time after he beat the Greek 7th seed 7-6-5-7-6-3-6-3 at Melbourne Park. The American 12th seed arrived in Aussie having never beaten a top 10 opponent at a Grand Slam and sealed a memorable victory with a clinical performance to equal his best result at a major. And reigning champion uh, um, Arania Sabalenka reached the quarterfinals of the Aussie Open in dominant fashion as well. She went past the American Amanda Anasimova in a clinical 6-3, 6-2 victory. She is the top seed left in the women's draw after an early exit for number one Igis Fiatek uh, on Saturday. She's reached the last eight, only dropping 11 games. Looking in a pretty sensational form when we are. Swatek's out. Yeah, Swatek's Nos- out. So Noskova, the 19-year-old, beat her. So that's a huge um, headline for that tournament. Coco Goff, 
probably the the major. But Taylor Fritz taking on Novak, who is on another level in that quarterfinal. <laughs> is he what? <laughs> so, he is flying at the moment. We'll hear from Jeff Simpson on that shortly. And uh, finally, Harry Kane's Bayern Munich slumped to a 1-0 loss to Werder Bremen this morning, courtesy of a Mitchell Weisser goal to stay seven points adrift of Bayer Leverkusen in the Bundesliga race. It's Werder's first victory in Munich since 2008 and Bayern's second league loss of the campaign. They have won the last 11 German league titles, Bayern, but they are in danger of missing out this time around. Those are your sports news headlines. Ken Antyre are making back to work is making back to work easy, uh, trade easy with a trade station gift card. You can win one worth a thousand dollars as well. Now we can revive and redesign your homes with spaces for living sale thanks to the Choices Flooring Crew, and we've got a poll for them. Your favourite moment or event of the summer. That's what we want to hear from you. Uh, Joseph Parker's Day of Reckoning win, Boxing Day races, Black Cap slash Super Smash, ASB Classic and the Aussie Open, Phoenix Top of the Table, the Black Clash. What is your favourite? Head to the um, the poll on uh, the SEN app. Uh, find uh, Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on there. And uh, if you scroll down, you'll find the poll. Vote on that. And we'll bring you uh, the results of that poll. In around an hour's time, transform your home with spaces for living, revive and redesign sale at Choices Flooring, offering 20 plus discounted sales. It is 22 away from 8 when we come back. We're talking tennis with Jeff Simpson. 16 away from 8 o'clock and uh, yeah, the Australian Open uh, well and truly underway is he, and you mentioned Novak Djokovic um, he's going to be playing Taylor Fritz in the in the uh, quarterfinals uh, how's this though jo- knock it, Novak Djokovic up against the 20th seed uh, Adrian uh, Manorino, the Frenchman 6-love, six 6-love six 6-3 six <laughs> it's the 20th seed like there's yeah. the, the, it's effect, you could argue he's the 20th best player in the world yeah. Novak, six love, six love, six three. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's it's easy. He's making it look really easy at the moment, Novak. Um, you'd have to say, uh, going to punch his way through to another uh, title. What is he, 21? 22 titles, the Grand Slams. I think he's pretty close. He's got the record. Yeah. And um, he ain't looking like he's slowing down any time soon. You think Carlos Alcaraz Garcia will probably be the one to push him? But outside of that, he's just uh, at top of the throne by himself. The men's side, um, you know, it's still got some bit of competition there. you got um, Daniel Medvedev playing today. He's up against Borge. Uh, Zverev up against Cam Norrie. Uh, and you've got Carlos Alcaraz Garcia. And then you've got uh, the ninth siege, Hukaz, which is playing out today uh, to see who will be playing in that quarterfinal. So, yeah, look, there's, there's plenty happening in that Coco Golf, she obviously won the ASB Classic here in New Zealand. Good to see her still charging and uh, in the Australian Open. Um, but yeah, I've watched very, very limited, but doing a lot of catching up in the last couple of days. And the one thing that really stands out is Djokovic is just making it look far too easy. Yeah, he, he is, mate. And uh, I just had a look just to double check because when you said how many has he got, I'm like, oh, that's a great question. Uh, just 24 Grand Slam singles 24. titles. Yeah. 24? 24. I th- what was it? It was, um, was it, uh, Federer and Nadal. When Nadal, he's on 22? Yeah. Was it 22? And, and, and yeah. Novak's gone right past both of them. Yeah, so he's just blasted past them. And, um, yeah, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. Like, his diet and the way that his he looks after his body is out of this world. And he is just going to continue on. Uh, that situation for for a very very long time. What's his age? 
How old is he? Uh, Novak Djokovic, I think he's 36. So, I mean, you know, he's not he's not young anymore by any stretch, mm. but he's um, he's certainly not. You know, I mean, he, he's a few years younger than the other two, and I I don't see. Um, I mean, obviously the other two are, are pretty much done, and they're not going to add to that. So he's, he's he's well out in front now. It's just about building that and making sure that he's unassailable. Mm. Very. Yeah. Um, now, from a New Zealand point of view, uh, disappointing for um, Mike Venus and Jamie Murray. They were knocked out early. But uh, from a, a silver linings, well, Aaron Rutliff and uh, Gabriel Dabrowski, uh, they were set down against the Chinese pairing yesterday. They came back and won it in three, six one, six three, the last two. So they're into the uh, into the fourth round. Aaron Rutliff, so uh, Kiwi flying the flag for us. Yeah, she's she's obviously continuing on that form last year. I think what well, she won a couple of events last year, and so she's flying um, that flag and continuing on that form this year. So hopefully she can carry that on and, and get the result that she's after. Um, but, yeah, look, mate, there's still plenty going on in the Australian Open. I think we've still got a couple of days before we find out where it's at, a whole other week, in fact. So, mate, it's plenty happening. Plenty happening. We Actually, uh, Robbie normally mans the tennis, uh, the, the cricket desk, but as we know from last year, uh, he also had a, a, a fair shake of a, of, a, of a tennis career in his younger days. So uh, Robbie's got some, uh, some 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 answers for us for some questions. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd, I don't know if I'd if I'd quite call it a tennis career. I, I, pl- I played a bit, played a bit when I was younger, but uh, but yeah, it's, I've been, I've been watching plenty of the Australian Open over summer, and um, yeah, it's it's heating up. We're we're just um, we're into the yeah four four games yesterday and the fourth round of the men's draw. Four games today, some big matchups um, as you mentioned, Izzy. I think Arthur Cazot, the wild card, is one to watch from France. He took down Holger Rune in the second round. Um, he takes on uh, Hubert Hercuts of Poland. Uh, Later today, um, Borges of Portugal takes on Medvedev. That'll be that'll be a good game. Uh, Borges had a had a good result, taking down the 13th seed Gregor Dimitrov from Bulgaria in the third round. So he he's definitely one to watch. Um, but I think Medvedev will be too good. But as I, as I've seen in this tournament, you you never really know. Um, but yeah, the the big game today I think is Zverev Nori. Will be a really, will really uh, be a really big matchup. Nori took down Rude in the last round, and go uh, the Kiwi Nori. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we we claiming him, we still still claim, yeah. still claiming him. Hell yes! All right, fair enough. And uh, yeah, Carlos Alcaraz takes on uh, Miamir Kecmanovic in uh, in the fourth round as well. So some some big matchups. Yeah, looking. Uh, it's good to see some new names coming through too, on the men's side of the tennis. So it's just uh, need to get more of them up and above Djokovic, you know. Because how long have we been saying, Izzy? Oh, when's the torch going to get passed? You know, it was the big three. It was the big four, really, and then Andy Murray fell away. Then it was the big three, and then you know Roger and Rafa have gone. It's still the big one. And he still keeps winning. Well, Carlos Alcaraz Garfia, you'd have to say, would probably be the one that could dismantle him off the throne, take him off. And yeah, look, he's probably class. He's young. He's very athletic. He's a good tennis player. He's from Spain. And he loves what uh, the game's about. So you'd have to say him. But I don't see Djokovic slowing down at all. It'd be hard for for anyone else to to take him off to take him out of this event. Uh, we just had a text through actually, uh, is he on double eight double three as well? We talked about mm. Steve Elka. Uh, we talked yep. about Rory McIlroy as well. But uh, morning lads, Lydia is up by five shots in the LPGA. 
Mm, I know. She, she's going really good. She's five shots up. She's just gone through the 10th and could be the third. I know you were just about to say that. Could be the third Kiwi this weekend. And in regards to that, Kazuma Kabori. Kazuma Kabori won the WPGA over in Australia. And Momoka Kabori, his sister, was actually at the top of that leaderboard as well. Alongside, and this is a wonderful story, uh, a guy that was battling health issues, Michael Hendry, mm. was in the, also in the top 10 over in Australia. So you had Stephen Alka, you had Ryan Fox, who was tied for 31st at the Dubai Classic, and then now you've got uh, um, Kazuma Kabori winning over there, and then you potentially got Lydia Ko that could be back in the winner's circle as well. So it could be a very, very good weekend for New Zealand golf. Yeah, keep those texts coming through, double eight, double three, and we'll get to more of those after this. Uh, it is nine away from eight o'clock here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Thanks to uh, Night and Day, they've got the right tools to brew up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 and take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Yeah, we're three minutes away from 8 o'clock here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Keep your texts rolling through as well. What have we missed over the last four weeks that we have been awake here? You, you've got to fill us in because uh, we've got Izzy has been away camping. I've been feed up as well. We've been caught up a bit on the weekend, but uh, there is still so much more that we've probably uh, missed out on. So, Michael, thanks very much for texting through, letting us know that the uh, Black Sticks, the New Zealand men's hockey team, have qualified for the 2024 Olympic Games. That is good to know. Of course, it is an Olympic year this year, and uh, the Black Sticks men's team are going to be going to Paris. So that is uh, fantastic news. Thanks for that. Also, uh, from uh, Paul, uh, he has texted us through, said, Hi, guys. Happy New Years. Shame Coco Goff and Sabalenka are on the same side of the draw. The way they're going, the winner of that semi should take out the women's title in Australia. Fins up from Paul. He's pretty bang on there. Coco Goff yeah, went pretty well pretty... Uh, here, didn't she? Yeah, very good. Very, very good. Yeah, it's sad that the, the draw has eventuated like it has, but um, yeah, you'd say one of those two will go on and, and win that um, that competition. Um, Jones Obser, I think a uh, can't pronounce her name, but she's very good. She's one of my favourite players. Uh, she's the she's she's Tunisian Moroccan player. She's Tunisian, yeah, 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 yeah. I always get those two mixed up. North North Africa there, yeah. On Jabir, sorry, on Jabir, yeah, yeah. She goes, she goes pretty good. And uh, um, DJ Tim reckons that Izzy Adesanya versus uh, Dirkus Duplessis will be UFC three hundred headliner. You reckon? So what? Couple of what? What do you reckon? Eight months, six, no, seven months? No, no. UFC three hundred. If we've just had. 297, uh, so that'll be 298 will be in Feb, 299 will be in March, that'll be end of April. Nah, that's too quick. I don't think Izzy's been very, very active. He's been living a pretty um, comfortable life, which is well earned, don't get me wrong, but I think he needs a bit more time. That 300, have they, they've done some big announcements for that fight, isn't it? Yeah, they've got Justin Gaethje up against Max Holloway. Uh, mm. that's, that's been announced. Um, the women's strawweight title as well between Zhang, uh, two Chinese, uh, Lady Zhang and Jianan, I think is how you say that. Uh, they, they, mm. That's the, the co-main event. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I look at it, and there's some good fights there, but there's nothing that's, like, knock down, drag out good. You know what I mean? Um, so yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they add something else there. Tell you one that I am looking forward to at UFC 300, is he? 
and might not be the biggest name in the game, but Jim Miller taking on Bobby Green, right? Bobby Green's record, mm. 31 wins, 15 losses, one no contest. Jim Miller, 37 wins, 17 losses, one no contest. How's this for a record? Jim Miller fought at UFC 100. He fought at UFC 200. And now he's on track to fight at UFC 300. <laughs> that is so good. And Bobby Green hasn't gone to the scorecard, any of his fights. So there's going to be a result throughout. Um, mate, it's going to be awesome. Jim Miller, what a store. He must be old. He's 40. <laughs> he's 40 and he's still doing it. That is outstanding. That is outstanding. Keep your text rolling through double eight, double three. What have we missed? What have we missed over the last four weeks? What do we need to be aware of? Uh, let us know. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. We'd love to hear from you. We've got Will Jordan coming your way in the next hour. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Morena, welcome into breakfast on SENZ with Izzy and Ricardo. It is five past eight, and you might have heard on that commentary, on uh, the TVNZ commentary for the Black Clash, one Manaya Stewart, formerly of this parish, used to be uh, part of the SENZ run home team. Manaya, good to hear him uh, getting a, an opportunity on the microphone. Is he doing a bit of commentary? Good, uh, a nice change up from the same old duffers that normally do it. <laughs> oh, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> Is that you, Smithy? <laughs> I'm saying Is nothing. Is that you? <laughs> hey. Jeez, he's a grumpy old bugger, isn't he? Just a, just Holy a little hecka. bit. Just a little Stop bit. Stop being grumpy, Smithy. <laughs> you can pay plenty over there, mate. Enjoy it. Enjoy the sunshine. Go out there and get a tan. Anyway, um, mate, it's, uh, it was good. It was good to hear Benaya uh, chipping away and, and doing his thing in the ACC. Very different, alternative as, as the title says. Uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but it's, that's the way it is. I'm a commentator. I'm not everyone's cup of tea as well. Eh? That's the reality. So uh, it was it was awesome. It was great. Down. Like I said earlier on in the show, I cannot believe that people <laughs> sold out. <laughs> but people love it. and It's a good event. It's been going for, for six games now. It's 4-2, the split. And, uh, well, one of our next guests, he's been the star of that team rugby for a while. And I think he's, what, 80-odd last outing. And hit a ball. There was conversations. He could have been the next best thing in, on the cricket field and the black cap. And he could have been anything, Will Jordan. Uh, all eyes were on him on Saturday. And, uh, well, he went out there, missed one, hit his pads, got a Yorker from Anton Devisic, who bowls, what, max, one eight, uh, max 70 kilometres an hour. So you would have had three minutes to see it. And then gets bold, middle stump for a quack. Quack, 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 quack. Will Jordan, morning. Morning, Diggy. Hell of an intro <laughs> to my Monday morning as I get back into it right in park. <laughs> Look, I just, I was sitting there and I felt your pain, mate. Well, I had to walk through two ducks with their bats raised, the yellow duckies, when I walked off getting a quack. Did you have to do something similar? No, nah, I, I had to head down. I was trying to avoid all eye contact with that duck at all costs. But then <laughs> after the game, we were walking off the field, and I did notice that the duck was just walking alongside me. And for the first sort of 10, 15 metres, I thought he was just hanging around and getting off the field. And then as I sort of took a bit of a turn left to go see a few kids, and he followed me as well, I thought, well, there's certainly some cameras on there at some point. Yeah, he's, he's following me around. And fair enough, too. 
Um, like I say, remember when I when you got bowled by the Tory through the gate, and I gave you plenty of stick for it. So it's only fair that um, I got the same treatment. <laughs> oh, mate, it was it was good to good to watch. Uh, look, let's talk about that performance on on the weekend. You just couldn't quite get anything going throughout. Like the team cricket were on the front foot from the outset. Amish Marshall, Marshall, Anton Devisic just got them off to a great start. What was the conversations out there? Was Rito trying to instill some confidence in the group? Brian Lara? Yeah, yeah. Brian was out there. He was had the phone out, video between overs. He was getting the full experience. I think um, we were probably a couple of bowlers short. Uh, sort of late pullouts of Geordie, Jock, um, even y- yourself have been a you know bound to get through a few overs throughout the years. So. We kind of knew that we were going to be chasing probably north of 200, and that's how it panned out. We were just sort of sizing ourselves up for a decent crash out with the bat. Um, but yeah, we we copped a bit of attack in the field, and then it didn't go so well to bat either. So um, yeah, a few things to work on. I think next year we need to have a look at our our roster and imports and and all sorts mm. to try and uh, level the playing field. Who's in? Who's out? Who's in? Who's out? Uh, I'm probably out. I'm just on the topping block. Um, yeah, there's a few, there's a few rumours going around. I mean, yeah, we're sort of thinking of looking to get a real just strike bowler up top. A guy like Brett Lee's name's been thrown around a little bit. Mm. Someone who can just actually put a little bit of fear into the um, the cricket team's heads. Um, obviously, Baz, Brett McCullum, he'd been a big, big part of our team the first few years. He's obviously got test duties with England, but if we could get him back, we could probably try paying more than his England contract, maybe, and um, get luck. him back. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, then that'd, that'd be a help. But um, you know, the the, the net's getting cast far, far and wide to try and uh, make a few improvements. Who's and out? I'll probably drop down the order. Um, yeah, I don't think Brian will be back. It was obviously great <laughs> to have him a real le- a real a real legend of the game. Um, obviously a long a long trip over from the, the Caribbean. Um, so, yeah, he, he was good. He was probably a one-and-done, I'd imagine. Um, and so that'll open up a couple of slots. Steve Devine, Ali Williams are gone. Uh, Steve Devine was probably our best in the field. He had a lot of energy. Half-back running around. Ali felt a bit of a crook back, so that's always a bit of an issue. Um, but, no, he was, well, you know, Ali's like, he was your entertainment off the field. And in that event, the off-the-field entertainment is something that you've got to factor in. So, um <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he might stick. And Liam McDonald, he was a good addition. He'll probably get another yeah. crack. Oh, I'll tell you what, if you, if you keep Ali Williams as part, Grey Goose are going to have to be a team sponsor at some point, aren't they? Because I know he's a fan. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, shout out to um, Export for sponsoring the event. And by the looks of it, a few people in the in the crowd have had a few Exports um, <laughs> based on the amount of streakers and one of the chat was getting thrown around. But. Um, I guess on a more serious note, it is actually a pretty cool event, like that you touched on, um, sold out, the crowd love it. Um, a bit of a different feel, I guess, to other sporting events where everyone's just sort of there having fun and enjoying themselves, and uh, it's good to see. Mate, just, just on the game itself, how much pressure were they taking off in terms of, you know, um, Daddy Vittori was rotating the, the bowlers, you know, Nathan McCullum was lobbing it up. Like, I could have hit that for six off my left hand. Um, yeah, I think it was a bit, yeah. The handbrake was <laughs> well and truly put down. Um, yeah, obviously we needed a little bit of help to sort of make it a competitive game. Um, 
I was sort of talking to Andy Ellis afterwards. I think we needed a 30 off that last over. And like you say, Nathan McCullum sort of bowled three lollipops, which got hit for six. And I said to Andy, like at that point, did you sort of start believing? And he said, no, 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 I always believed we could win. I said, well, like I didn't. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, when Nathan sort of started setting up a little bit, obviously things didn't go as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we got to a credible total in the end. Um, obviously, Ruben Love, Leon, they got going. Mm. So we got that in the end. But I think, um, yeah, it was a little bit fortuitous, you could say. Uh, do you know, um, uh, Will, how many uh, slabs of export are turning up at Chris Harris's house after that no ball on Brian Lara? <laughs> Um, I'd say a few, probably a few export golds, probably a bit of Jamaican Karuba rum, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was wondering where that was for me. Obviously, I've just been bowled like, for a duck. I'm back in the dugout, and then I see Brian's on about two, and he's no ball. I was like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you're always going to turn up. They would have had to, they would have to dig deep to get Brian Lara to come and play. Look, tell us about that experience. I know. It's not very often that you're wowed by someone. You're usually the main attraction with many people getting photos. But you got a photo of Brian Lara on the weekend. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I was pretty pumped about it. Um, one of those things that was pretty crazy, to be fair. Like, he's obviously a huge star of around the world international cricket. Um, again, have him come to play overall total on us. Um, to play in the game and just get around the fellas was pretty epic. Uh, I know a lot of the boys took a lot from it and... Also having JT there, um, Thurston was pretty, yeah, pretty How insane. How was JT? He, um, JT, he's a real character, JT. He, um, yeah, he's like he comes across on the mic and on the field, you know, real happy going. A great man, great team man, and, um, yeah, he's certainly provided plenty of food for the cricketers. Um, so, yeah, he had a few stories from from his time in, in league and origin and whatnot, and the boys certainly let them up. Yeah, no, it's outstanding, mate. Oh, you, you mentioned about uh, a bit of lack of bowling um, from the rugby team. What about the Fendleton Express? Why, why didn't you take the ball? What, what was going on there? Well, you'd have to ask the skipper here and read this. I, I, I've been up to him pre-game, and I said, look, that's my I think third or fourth game playing. I hadn't had a bowl yet. We were obviously quite light on bowling. Like I'm, I'm keen for a trundle. My shoulder was a little bit sore, so I sort of had to come around and bowl some probably Nathan McCullum-like right arm offies around the wicket. <laughs> I was all set to go, and then Rito decided to, as Skipper, give himself three overs, and there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't room for me. So, I mean, the way the way it was going, it probably couldn't have gone too much worse than the rest of the bowling lineup was was hitting. But um, no, nah, didn't 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 find a way, and then obviously dropped that catch in the outfield as well. So couldn't really buy yeah. trick on the weekend. Yeah, well, but um, it was a tough day for you, mate. What happened? Bad prep. Um, yeah, <laughs> lack of prep. I think. I think. <laughs> complacency, like you said, I'd had a couple of good runs in my previous um, cracks at that, and I probably been in yeah a little bit complacent, um, <laughs> and then just got a good nut, I think. Yeah, mm. Anton Devsich, the wee the wee in swingers, mm, he played yeah. for us a couple of years ago. I remember facing him in the nets, and he was just I honestly couldn't hit him. Like the little, so you think he's bowling spin, but it's actually just slow in swingers. <laughs> so we went out to bat. I was going to face first ball when I said to Rito, like, you take first ball, like, I don't want to face this guy. And then when he hit the first ball, the over for a single, I'm thinking, this isn't looking good. And that's <laughs> thanks, how it turned out. So, so whether there was, yeah, I mean, first he didn't bowl me and then he just gets me down the other end where I didn't want to be. 
But um, <laughs> perhaps mentally, mentally I wasn't in the right place. Obviously, had a few demons around that. But um, yeah, we had the review on Saturday night post the game, and it's all all been flush now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good, park it. Park it behind you, Well, Man, it was awesome. Now, what, <laughs> what, what, what was that week like, though? Because, I mean, you guys would have been together for a while. I'm imagining there was a few rounds of golf, a few things. What did you guys get up to uh, in, in preparation for game day? Yeah, we sort of got together kind of Friday afternoon. Um, a few guys got in a little bit earlier, and I know Andy and Leon and a few others had a net in the mount on Thursday, but official sort of, I guess, stuff happened on Friday night. So we had a wee sponsors event there, and then... A few guys played golf on Saturday morning. Um, we had a net the day of the game just to try and find the middle of the bat. And then, um, yeah, I guess post-games were an event as well. And I know a few boys are actually out playing Tadaichi today, taking Brian and, and JT out there. So, um, no, nah, it's a good event. Obviously, yeah, both cricketers and rugby players love um, getting together for a bit of a beer and connecting around their different views of the world. And, um, no, nah, something we look forward to every year, obviously, both on the field and just the social aspect of uh, catching up off it. Beautiful. Well, you're back in the saddle, are you? Are you back into your real gig? Yeah, I'm staring out at Rugby Park as we speak. Um, fair amount of drizzle coming down, which is not really what I was after for the first day back, a bit of wet with the footy. But no, nah, no, nah, in all seriousness, it is good to be back. We've had a pretty decent break uh, post the World Cup. So hopefully the skill set's not too rusty today. But yeah, nice to see the fellas um, down at training. How's the lungs? Well, yeah, got through the Bronco not too bad a couple of weeks ago, so we'll see. At first, training back's always a bit rude. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been a huge amount of contact over my over my summer, so well, I'll run to a few big boys today. I'll probably be left on the ground, so that'll be the real <laughs> test, I think, to see how the shoulder's shaping up. Yeah, yeah, indeed, mate. Hey, I, I, I did notice, um, just uh, flicking back to the cricket slightly, uh, the Black Clash, uh, uh, they went to... Razor in the stands for a bit of a chat. Um, I don't know if he had a couple of sherbets or not, but uh, what, what, was he was he around uh, in the in the in the sheds giving you the pep talk in between innings? <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what sort of input did Razor have in Team Rugby? Yeah, he gave us a pretty stirring speech um, pre-game. The role that Graham Henry had had in previous years and had been sort of bestowed on Razor this time. Um, basically, the theme of the message was around some do and some don't, and we were going to find out. Who was going to be out in the field? And obviously, based on that, I was obviously someone who doesn't. Um, and what else he says is, some people don't belong out here, and we're going to find out who. And that also happened as well. So, um, yeah, probably probably not the message he'll give before his first like, test, trying to inspire a bit of confidence. But um, yeah, I mean, Ray's in his element up, in, uh, up there in the mount, obviously, his home crowd. So um, he's got the long pants rolled up and gets around and Provides a bit of energy. Beautiful. Hey, mate, we appreciate you coming on, um, Will, and all, all the best for the for the next couple of weeks. I know you've got a big few weeks before we kick into Super Rugby. Um, mate, it'd be good to see you running around out there. I know you put a lot of smile on, on everyone's faces. Um, go work on that golf game. Go work on that cricket and keep your rugby going well, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, Will Jordan, they're joining us uh, from Team Rugby from the Black Clash. Also, uh, he was quite witty today. Mate, he was good. He was on form. Yeah, he was in good, 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 fine. Uh, he was, yeah, he's, he's happy. He sounded happy. He did. He's, I don't he's, know why he's, he's happy. He's about to go get smashed by a couple of props. Well, mate, the other thing, you know what else I noticed? I noticed mm. great media training. I dropped mm. Grey Goose. He straight away was like, well, export, because they're the sponsor. I was like, look <laughs> after the sponsors. Well done. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, and, and there wasn't many cliches. He was very good. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, surprising for Will Jordan. I had to beg him to come on. Not really. I sent him a message. He said, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the power of the dag. It's, uh, it's, it's, that's what happens when he sends the message. I did have hey, a, come on. please, <laughs> on the end. <laughs> uh, Will Jordan. Uh, will he be in Team Rugby next year? What do you reckon? Nah. Who, who will replace him? Will I replace think Rito. Like, I've been captain. Mm. And I know when you're captain, I'll bowl. Yeah. yeah where do you want to bat? I'll, I'll go second drop. Yeah. You, know, you put yourself wherever you want to go. And uh, he's just said, yeah, Rito didn't even go and question him <laughs> giving the ball. So last year I played in the Black Clash. And I still had my – I was before my operation, and I opened the batting, and that was a horrible – I got one. But I could still bowl. He didn't even come to me for the ball. Oh, yeah, okay. I was, I was blown away. I said, mate, I'll bowl better than half of these mugs with one knee. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'll, t- I'll tell you the other thing. You mentioned um, Steve Devine. You know, the, yeah. key, the key with Steve Devine is you've got to get him in field and close because he's just a chipper. So you yeah, want him where yeah. the batsman can hear him, right? So mm-hmm. you, you want him. Yeah, I, you know, I know you, you had uh, Officer Tanu uh, as Wiki, but you want you yeah. want him at first slip. Mate. You, you've okay. got to have Divine close to the action, where he can snip away at the batter. I just saw that one. The the only thing I really saw with Steve was when he dropped that catch when he went running. Yeah, and it was an awkward moment. And then I also saw him after that innings. He was he had a full plate of food, and he was yeah. just sitting up in the in the changing room, just smashing Tucker. <laughs> That was the only couple of times I saw Steve Devine. He never came out to bat, did he? He was like, nah, nah, nah I'm done. I'm yeah. done for the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Double eight, double three is how you can get hold of us. What have we missed over the last four weeks? Let us know. We need you to fill us in. It is 8.22 on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. It is 8.27 on SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments and uh, plenty of texts coming through as well on double eight double three. because we were asking, what do we need to know? What have we found out? Uh, what have we missed in the last four weeks? And there's been uh, plenty coming through. Joe Parker's big win, of course, that happened before Christmas. Uh, Finn Allen coming to the fore in uh, cricket. He absolutely dominated that series against Pakistan in the T20s as well. Uh, so there's been plenty. Of, another one is, of course, the Phoenix uh, at top of the table, or were top of the table in the A-League over Christmas, and then that had that one-all draw with a Melbourne victory. They're the two top teams. They are four points clear. Everybody else at the top of the A-League at the moment. So that is going great guns. We have a poll. Head to the SEN app. Click on uh, the SENZ Breakfast, and then the poll will be under there, and you'll be able to vote on uh, what the uh, your your highlight of summer, whether it be event, a result, uh, whatever was, and we'll bring you uh, the results of that poll in a little while. Uh, we also had a text through before suggesting um, if uh, Will Jordan is going to be replaced in Team Rugby, maybe Shooter Stevenson. They could look at him, like for oh. like, like for like. Oh, I don't know if shoot will be any if if shooters um, cricket is like his golf. He's got no chance, <laughs> absolutely zero chance. But, you know the name shooter. You know he could be pretty good, but nah, nah, I couldn't see him. I look in all honesty. I think rugby needs to dig deep. Well, like you might have to change a bit of the criteria because team cricket they were just toying with them on the weekend. They've still got quality. Like Hamish Marshall doesn't look like he's missed a beat at all. Mm. Uh, Anton Devisic was very good. Colin DeGronha, man, he got out to a doozy with um, Officer Tanu'u catching probably the catch of the of the year. Well, it's only 
January Israel, but it was a <laughs> hell of a catch. Um, so, look, I think we're going to have to dig deep. And, yeah, he might be right. We might have to get a couple of cricketers to play for them at the moment. A nice, quick... Brett Lee would be so good. I'd love to see Hamish Marshall and Anton, you know, running down the wicket and trying to loft them over, over cover. Uh, and then a nice batter. Like Brian Lara, hell of a, hell of a player. Like the Prince, mm. very... Credible with what he's done and achieved and all his accolades, but um, the pressure was right on him. They were like they were relying on him to do something. And when you're 54 and you've been out of the game for 20 years, and it's just, that's that's too hard for him to do that. So you got to get someone that's quite relatively fresh out of the game. There, uh, it did remind me that umpiring decision reminded me that W. G. Grace is like one of the famous names, one of the all-time greats of cricket in England. There was a game, I think it was a county game, uh, that he played in, and this young guy came on and bowled and bowled him first ball. And mm. W. G. Grace put the wickets back in the in the, uh, the stumps back in the ground, put the bales back on, threw him the ball back, took his guard again, and he's like, "People have come here to watch me bat, not watch you bowl." <laughs> <laughs> That's very much what it felt like on uh, on Saturday at the Black Clash with uh, Brian Lara. It's like, come on, son, what are you up to? He, well, hundred percent. There was a no ball, and they played a replay from behind, and his foot was like well behind the line. <laughs> but anyway, that's the way it goes. The crowd wanted to see him, and uh, it would have been a hell of an experience uh, for him. JT Jonathan Thurston, he was good man. A hell of a character out there as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, he made it. I, I mean, mm. he was like, it, it felt like he was constant. He was part of the commentary team more than part oh, of no. the team. He was just on <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah. it was outstanding. Uh, it is 29 away from 9 o'clock, and uh, we're getting ready for our first chat of 2024, is he, with uh, the one and only Paul Mawate from the TAB. Oh, holy. We'll cool. have to see how Paulie's Christmas went. Right now, though, here yeah. is Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. 27 away from 9 o'clock on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. And if you go to SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo on the app, you'll find the poll there you can vote on. Your favourite summer moment or event with Choices Flooring, our Choices Flooring poll. Well, one clear winner here, uh, which is interesting, and that was Joseph Parker's Day of Reckoning win. 31% uh, coming in second on 26% was the Black Caps slash Super Smash. And then 15% the Black Clash, 15% Phoenix top of the table. The tennis, 10%, 0% on the Boxing Day races. Obviously, uh, nobody had a big win on the punt, so they're all, oh, come on, so they're all white. Nah, staying away from that, but there you go. That's the pole, the choice of flooring mm. pole. Yeah, you can design, visualise, and create your perfect floor with room view. And we'll have another one of those for you on Friday. Joining us now, though, from the TAB is Paul Mawate. Oh! Paulie. Paulie. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah. Yeah, Happy New Year, boys, on a Wellington anniversary day. Oh, Can we get oh, you out of the scratcher? on a day off. Holy. Well, yeah, I'm currently on the ninth green at uh, Shandon. So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Good man. Good man. I'm about to hit yeah. the golf course as well. But you, you haven't really switched off, have you, Paulie? Yeah, you've been no, busy. Been... I saw you in your, your your tennis whites over summer at the ASB Classic. You've been busy. It's been, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, full on, to be fair. ASB Classic, we're now into the Aussie Open. Um, mm. It was a big Wellington Cup day uh, down at Trentham on Saturday. Uh, Robbie Patterson picking up the uh, Thorndon Mile with Bantura and the uh, Wellington Cup with Mary Louise. 
Um, and Craig Grills riding both. So, yeah, Robbie Pedersen and Craig Grills had a great day on said day, and those punters that followed Robbie Pedersen had a great day as well. Well, we had Paul Wilcox on this morning, and he's here of, uh, of Ellerslie Raceway there in Auckland, and it's a big week. TAB Karaka Millions. Mate, what's happening? How excited are you, Paul Imwari? Oh, very, very excited. It's a huge day in New Zealand racing, TAB Karaka Millions Day. And um, I guess, well, what most people are waiting for is the barrier draw on Wednesday. Mm. Um, for the two, three, and uh, four-year-old race. So once that's, we're through that, um, punters can really start making some investments with a little bit more assurity. So, yeah, look out for that. It's going to be televised live uh, on Trackside on Wednesday night, the barrier draws for the uh, two-year-old, three-year-old, and four-year-old race at the Cracker Millions Day on this Saturday at Ellerslie. And didn't Ellerslie look fantastic? Um, what was it, a Sunday or two ago? Hey, Paulie, do you think it's actually going to be uh, better for the tab, the the way that Ellerslie have redone it? Having Paul on, he just said, you know, uh, the, the way that things are set up with the track now, if it's a four on a Monday, it's going to be a four on a Wednesday and a four on a Saturday. You can bank on it the whole way through. Does that make your job easier? Um, it probably makes it a bit easier for punters as well. Um, there'll be some very, very good, I guess, figures and stats that start to come out of Ellerslie. Um, so... I guess for this Saturday, there won't be a lot to go on. Um, but once I've had a few meetings at Ellerslie, you'll, I think we'll start to see a few trends emerge. Um, and punters may be able to maybe get one over the bookies um, in the next few weeks or so. So, yeah, but really looking forward to Karaka Millions Day. Uh, of course, it's the NFL playoffs, divisional round. Um, we saw the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers make it through yesterday. We've got the Lions taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today under the Dome in Detroit. Uh, and we've got the defending champs, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, travelling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. A couple of big, big games here. We've got uh, a couple of same-game claims, uh, promotions on both those games. Mate, I was going to say yesterday, because I, I, I was um, uh, having a look at the games come up, and I was just looking at the form, and I picked the Packers to beat the Niners. Um, mm. How bad a result for the TAB would that have been if the Niners hadn't come through? On the game itself, uh, it wouldn't have been the best. Uh, they were backed. Um, they're also backed plus the points, and um, they easily covered the spread. The um, Packers, um, but in the futures market, um, the 49ers uh, are a significant liability for the bookies. So, yeah, it was sort of a it was a dollar each way to be fair for us. Yeah, where's the money today, mate? I'm thinking the Bills probably at home. The Chiefs have been pretty uh, pretty rocky, haven't they? They haven't stopped the punters from backing them, though. No, they're happy to take the um, Chiefs plus two and a half and head to head as well. So, now there's backers for Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs uh, in the um, Detroit Tampa Bay game. Um, it's fairly even on both sides, almost 50 50. Paulie, it's been, well, it's potentially going to be an, an awesome weekend for New Zealand golf. Lydia Ko is looking at taking out. Uh, uh, the HGV Tournament of Champions in, in a wee while's time. Has anyone got on Lydia Ko? And also Stephen Alka, you had uh, Kazuma Kabori on the weekend. A good weekend for New Zealand golfers. Oh, fantastic weekend, as you say. Uh, and hopefully Lydia can um, continue on with the form that she's shown so far uh, in the first three rounds and, and pick up a win. Uh, to go along with Stephen Elka, who uh, picked up that Champions Tour win as well. And as you say, a Kabori, who's been playing very, very well over the last mm. two or three months. So uh, it's just um, New Zealand golf is on a high.
<laughs> on a high. Unlike mine, unlike mine at Shandon today. <laughs> oh, mate, golf. It's a funny old game, Paulie. Look, you're heading up to uh, LSE on, on Saturday. We'll see you there. Yes, I hope to catch up with you, Izzy. I hope to see you there. I'll be there. I'll be there, mate. So don't you hide. I'll be looking forward to that $50 bonus bet. I'll be asking you straight away. First question I ask you, straight that. Thank you, mate. I've already given it to Anton Leonard Brown. <laughs> hey, yay, yay. We love that. Oh, geez. How, much, how, how many slabs of grins does that cost him? Oh, good stuff, Paulie. Thanks very much, brother. Go well. Cheers, boys. Have a good one today. Enjoy your back nine. Uh, check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at cab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. What's that? ALB getting your $50 multi. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't. Because Anton, I'm heading, I'm heading along with Anton Leonard Brown. Mm. We're going to go along and, and be a part of the day, getting hosted by TAB and Entain. And we're going to be in the marquee. It's going to be cool. I think we get to go out and, and watch the two year old race jump. On yeah. the, from the barriers, I think it's on the 1,400 metre mark where we can stand there and get up and close with it. So it'll be quite a cool experience. A lot of the Warriors are heading along too, so it'll be a good feel uh, in the marquee where we'll just do some uh, do some hosting and, and, well, get hosted as well because I've never been. Be oh, good. Mate, and we'll enjoy. Uh, no doubt we'll hear more about it throughout the week as Izzy gets more and more excited. It'll be like a kid at Christmas <laughs> counting down how many sleeps to Ellerslie. It is uh, 20 away from nine here on SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. And it is a quarter to nine, and that means, Izzy, it is time to catch up on all things cricket with the cricket desk, uh, Robbie, mm. come on in, uh, fill us in on what we have missed. Lads, how's it going? Yeah, I thought I thought we'd go to the cricket desk today. I thought I'd take you through a bit of what's been going on in the old Super Smash. Uh, that's that is the uh, New Zealand domestic competition, which I've been, you know, keeping keeping track of across uh, the last month through summer. And um, yeah, I've, I've picked out some some good moments. You asked me earlier on in the show what my what my moment of summer summer mm. was. Yeah, and um, it, it's it's coming. I mean, mm. if it's not the Super Smash in general, it's definitely a certain moment in here. But we'll get started with um, with a, a day that was actually the day before our last show of December. So we did actually touch on it right on our final show, but it was this ridiculous knock from Tim Robinson. The free hit and smashed away. Robinson's hungry. He's hungry for more. Goes again, that's high. Here's a chance, no chance. Unless you're the groundskeeper or the food truck. Six more. Goes again! That is down Adelaide Road. That's going to Carita for pizza. Goes. Needs two to equal. He's gone. Last ball. Tim Robinson holds out. He's caught, but take nothing away. That is one of the most fabulous innings you'll ever see. The second best ever by a New Zealander in New Zealand. 139 off 64 balls, 10 uh, 10 sixes, 10 fours. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous hitting. Um, And yeah, was was one ball away, got caught on the final ball from breaking a a record. But yeah, take nothing away from that. Done anything since? Has he been consistent or...? 
Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's had a couple of good performances. Nothing, nothing quite to, um, quite like that. But uh, but yeah. yeah, I think I think he scored about eighty in an innings as well. And um, yeah. so yeah, he's he's definitely one to watch. He's he's only twenty one. Nice. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, big name to uh, look out for. Another big uh, big event. I was actually there for this. Lucky enough, it was a thank you Gup Day at Martin Guptill Oval on January fourth, and Martin Guptill turned up for the occasion. Guptill goes bang. Has he got enough? Yes, he has. Into the first tier, and another six. And Martin Guptill cracks him straight down the ground for a flat six. He's not letting them off the hook, and that's Guppy to 50. Oh, that's out. That is out of the ground. That is gone. Down Sandringham Road. Guptill serves up a gas station. That's gone. He's hit that into the family tent this time. Six more for Marty Guptill. He is having a day out on his home venue here. Oh, he's going to run, and he's home safe. A dive to finish. Martin Guptill, you absolute champion. So, yeah, brilliant to see, and great, great that I got to witness that one as well. Yeah, 85 not out in his testimonial match. So, yeah, turned up for that occasion, and great to see Guptill. Uh, hopefully not for the last time, but it might be. He's, he's over playing, um, playing in Sharjah at the moment. Uh, to the Getting wo- paid. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that helps. Um, yeah, what woman's side? Mealy Kerr, a couple of brilliant performances. Back-to-back fivers, in fact. Here we go. Opportunity. Well, Jess Kerr takes it, and Mealy Kerr, she picks up her first five-wicket haul in the Super Smash competition. And how well-deserved. Last ball of the Kerr over. It's gone! Wow! Three in the over, and that's a great catch, Becky Burns. Oh, the wrong in from Mealy Kerr. She does this so often. Yeah, three wickets and one over, mm. and uh, five for ten, wow. followed by five for thirteen in the following game. And uh, yeah, you thought that you thought that was good from Millie Kerr. We know she's a bit of an all rounder. She's uh, scored three hundred and fifty four runs at an average of seventy point eight to add to that as well. So yeah, she has <laughs> definitely been lighting up the Super Smash it's, comp. It's all that mentoring as he did last year. Yeah. That, <laughs> That'll do it, eh? And um, uh, Susie Bates as well on the in the um, woman's side of the comp, three hundred and ninety runs at an average of sixty-five. So she is definitely anchoring the top of that Otago Sparks lineup. And now, if I had to pick a moment, it's this. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, we'll let we'll let the commentary play out, and and then I'll I'll talk you through what actually happened. It was ridiculous. Lofted shot, straight over the top. Is it? Has it got enough? Oh, what a catch! Yes, they pulled it off. That is unbelievable. Troy Johnson has pulled off something quite remarkable here. Nick Kelly's coming late, but the catch will stand, I'm sure of it. Yeah, Troy Johnson slash Nick Kelly catch. Did you see, did you see it, lads? I, I didn't see this. Tell, explain it to me. So, yeah, basically, Will Young lofts it down the ground. Troy Johnson's down uh, at mid-off. He's running backwards, takes a catch, brilliant diving over his head. Brilliant catch already. But as he's diving, he realizes he's going to go over the rope. So he sort of he puts one hand down just in front of the rope and throws it back in with his other hand to his teammate. So, yeah, I, I personally think it's the best catch of all time. I'm probably slightly biased in the New Zealand competition. But, yeah, considering it was an amazing catch already and then to have that sort of presence of mind, 
Yeah. Outstanding. Brilliant. All right. Good Great work. commentary too. Yeah. I love that Good work from the cricket desk and from the commentators as well. How's this? Is he for a shout just before we get away to a break? How about Rawiri Warner next year? Could be part of his Ethnohura Rawiri uh, tour. What do you reckon? David Warner? Oh, man. I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> um, Team rugby opening the batting. You, nah. <laughs> nah, man. you got to be a good bugger, too. And you got to pick up an off-field kind of, you know, entertainment. Uh, well, yeah. Nah. nah. Others out there. All right. Okay. Keep the rolling through. Double eight, <laughs> double three. We are eight away from nine. Three minutes away from nine. Just about done for our first show of 2024. Uh, but man who has uh, been well and truly filling the shoes of Ian Smith is Daniel McCarty. He joins us now. How you doing? Very good, fellas. Wonderful to see you both. How you doing? Yeah. We're halfway through the sporting year and you guys have arrived. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Snake Age? Hey, good fella, mate. Good. Hey, mate. You've been out in the tan. You've been tanning. <laughs> oh, mate, you know, always looking olive. Always looking, you know, so much sun. So much sun in this part of the country, mate. It's hard to get away from it. Really well, is. Oh, look, there's a lot of sun, and I've been amongst it. I'm looking caramel as hell. But, um, you are, just mate. <laughs> a little latte. S- sexual chocolate, some would say. <laughs> mate, oh, I love my chockey. Ah. Uh, I'll be honest, we've watched zero sport. What's been happening? Sexual chocolate. <laughs> Sorry, I just got completely distracted by sexual chocolate, taking me back to coming to America. One of, one of the great motion picture scenes of all time. Uh, Daniel, we, 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 neither of us watched a lot of sport over the last four weeks. We've been trying to catch up. If, we, if there's one thing that we missed, what, what should it be that we catch up on in the last four weeks? Uh, uh, Bournemouth nil, Liverpool 4. How's that, How's that, Rick Dog? When did that happen? About an hour ago. Oh, did it? Oh, bugger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's been a whole heap going on, right? There's been a, been a whole heap going on. Um, what about Novak Djokovic last night? Yeah. You know, but losing what, two, was it two or three games? Three. I, I'm going to mm. play, and I'll mention this on the show, I'll play it to you now, guys. This just sums up how good the bloke is. When this is the first question at a press conference after the fourth round at an Australian tennis open. One, do you ever feel sorry for the opponent? And two, can you at six love, six love, one love, do you think let's go for a triple bagel? <laughs> Jeff, sorry, <laughs> triple <your> opponent. bagel. <laughs> <laughs> do you worry about the triple? That just shows what level he's on, right? Well, we were he, talking about this earlier because the bloke he, he beat was ranked 20th in the world. I mean, he's not he's exactly. a mug. Well, the French have a history of. You know, waving the white flag, don't they? Yeah, it looked like he waved it. He was waving it with both hands last night. I don't want any more of this. This guy's just too good. Hey, Gary Steed's joining the show to lead us off after 9 o'clock, fellas. Uh, look forward to it, mate. Yeah. Look forward to it. Have a great show, Daniel. We'll be back again tomorrow morning from 6 o'clock. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range.